Welcome back to the Dudes of Davey. Um, we're both sweating. We're, we're exhausted. We uh, have been staying up to watch these insane playoff games. And uh, I think we made it pretty clear that we thought that this would be insane. Um, but I don't think we realized how insane. Yeah, I think the Miami Heat might get like two games. But one, two. Okay, they're at three. Okay. The Knicks, it's going to be a tight series. You know what? The Knicks are smoking them. It's, it's just wild. The only series that's actually going the way it's supposed to is the Denver series right now. Um, but and, that, and the Celtics Hawks. And the Celtics Hawks. Correct. Correct. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been, it's been awesome. I mean, it's really been awesome for the NBA. What the hell is happening? I, I, what the hell is happening that the Knicks, the Heat, and the Lakers are all one game away from advancing? It's experience. Experience. And, and, and honestly, point guard play. Point guard play experience. Those two look well coached. The Lakers have Darvin Ham, who I think has done a, a pretty good job this year, but they have probably the one of the greatest coaches on the floor, literally LeBron. There's nothing LeBron hasn't seen, right? And he sees it on the floor, which is very different than a coach. Um, and then the Heat are just very well coached by Spo, Jimmy Butler. This whole team has been there. And the Knicks, look, the Knicks are well coached. And you know what? The Knicks have an awesome point guard who we knew would step up in the moments, and he's done exactly what we thought we'd do, he would do. Look, to everybody listening, it's about 1.15 Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, April 25th. This is the day after Jimmy Butler's explosion in Miami, the 56-point just monstrous effort that I'll let uh, my co-host talk a little bit about what it's like to be a big Heat fan and, and follow them and some of the thoughts he had along the way. Just going quickly back to, your, to the Nick comment, Something I did not predict and could not envision because Tom Thibodeau has never done it. He has a player who has an ego. Mm -hmm. He has a player who is an alpha. And he has somehow figured out to get that alpha and Julius Randle to not rub everybody the wrong way when it hasn't been going great for him. It sounds like the injury he got towards the end of the season was a little bit more serious than we all thought. It sounds like a lot of players wouldn't even have tried to play the way he has. And I just give Tom Thibodeau a lot of credit for having a relationship with, Jay, uh, with Julius Randle such that he could sit him for the entire fourth quarter on Sunday while the Knicks' new revamped starting five was able to take over and dominate that game. And I think that's the difference in this series. It's a 3-1 series with very little contribution offensively from Randle. Obviously, intimidation and defense. Uh, but I just think the, the Knicks have a lot of things rolling in their direction right now. Yeah, I'm very impressed by the Knicks. I mean, really, like you know, Josh Hart, just contributions from so many different players, and and yeah, that dynamic is a is an injury. We we said that from the beginning that you know it's going to come down to you know how well obviously Bronson plays in clutch and how well he just directs the offense and instills confidence in the team and steps up what he needs to like 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 a real all star, which he absolutely is. Uh, the role players, you know, Quigley's great. Yeah, they're they're getting great contributions. But like we said, Randall is the key. If he's playing well, great. If he's not playing well, he doesn't bring everyone down, and that's that's the difference. Exactly. I mean, Cleveland has, you know, on paper you look at it, they have a lot more talent. I, I would think probably, you know, when you put Mitchell and you know Mobley, Garland, Garland, Garland had a great game, but the experience and just you know you you can't. You can't measure the heart and how well a team is coached um, and just how hard they're going to play. 
in key moments and, and if the lights are too bright for them. That's why I, I always go back to experience. I mean, it, you know, we can go around to the different series. Obviously, the Sacramento Golden State series is awesome. The Sixers just blew right through uh, Brooklyn, which we'll, we'll talk about as well. Um, I, I don't know. Where, where do you want to start? So we can kind of hit each one and just... I think let's start with the homegrown uh, Miami Heat, for those who are listening. Uh, and I think we should talk a little bit about... And I'd love to get your a take because I think you have a couple interesting takes going all the way back through early in the season. So give us your perspective. I mean, you're watching last night. You're down by 11 with, I think, four or five minutes to go. And all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I mean, the Heat... I think they're one of those teams that gets a little lackadaisical in the regular season at this point um, for a lot of these players because they've been there. And I'm not going to say that they didn't struggle this year, which they did at different points in time and yeah, different injuries and it's a long season. And I think they know that the key is just to be ready for the playoffs. Right. And just, you know, I think they try different things out during the season. I think the Warriors do the same thing. Um, I think some of the I even think the Lakers do some of that too, um, like the really experienced teams. But they know when the lights are shining bright, they're going to come to play. And I looked at this Heat team and just said, I mean, they cut it way too close, right? I mean, they literally had to win the last game of the season to get in, uh, which you know is definitely way too close for them. And and well, they had to win the second play-in game. Second play-in <laughs> game, exactly. So you know, really, it's it's really an issue of. Were they ready and healthy for the playoffs? Hero went out and we're like, oh, it's over, right? I mean, obviously they won two games without Giannis, which is obviously a big deal as well. But Giannis had a triple-double last night, and Jimmy Butler just, you know, exploded, right? So obviously they don't win that game unless Jimmy Butler scores, you know, all 56. Um, True. Bam Adebayo is not playing, you know, up to snuff at all. So if they get any contribution from him, and he's an all-star player, then, you know, might take a little bit of the load off of Jimmy, but I mean, you have guys like Caleb Martin, you know, Kyle Lowry, you know, looks like Gary Payton on a couple defensive plays at the end. Um, I did, I, I will, I, I actually showed my, co- my co-host here a thread from a couple of Heat fans who were getting very, very negative on the Heat in February. And I just said to them, listen, guys, I feel confident this team's going to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're still, we're still a long way from there. But it's looking more realistic at this point. And I said, if they do go, we're going to go to a game together. I don't want to hear anything about, like, I have work or whatever. Like, we're going to a game together. That's the bet, okay? And they all took the bet um, because they were very confident in themselves. So, you know, never underestimate a team that's been there and knows how to play in the playoffs. Yeah, listen, I mean, you said it all. I think, you know, obviously playoff Jimmy is a real thing. Uh, I think through 101 career playoff games, he's a 21-6-4 guy. And that's not taking into account that there are, I don't know, somewhere between 5 to 10 games that he single-handedly won by himself, last night being one of them. So uh, I think the Heat do have uh, a playoff recipe. Uh, I think they'll, they'll potentially have some interesting issues if, in fact, they do advance past the Bucks. And if, in fact, you know, my Knicks do take care of business with the Cavs, because it will be a Knicks-Heat uh, rebirth of, the, of a really, really tremendous rivalry from the late 90s and early 2000s that uh, I can only say, uh, bring it on. Let's do it. I mean, that would be awesome. Everyone, <laughs> everyone wants that. That would be amazing. But Milwaukee's not done, nope. right? Nope. And look, 
and Cleveland's not done either. Okay, so you know neither of us are. Uh, I mean, I guess we are a little bit, but we're <laughs> we're not counting our chickens yet. No, no, I fully um, I fully expect the Cavs to come out tonight. Uh, you know, firing in all cylinders, and you know it's it's their whole season on the line. So you know, if the Cavs don't, you know, if the Cavs can't bring it tonight, then they certainly don't deserve to even make it to Game Six. Right, so. but just being in this position, these two series being in this position, obviously the Heat one is insane. Um, I felt strongly that the Knicks were a better team, but I thought it would go six seven, which it still might. But yeah. at this moment, it's it's looking good for the Knicks. Um, so should we go to uh, Warriors Kings? Yeah, you want to start with that one? Sure. Um, prior to De'Aaron Fox getting injured, which I'm really hoping does not completely change the series, he's doubtful for I think Game Five. He may try and play. They may try and put some very large protective covering on the tip of the fractured finger. But I really still believed that after the game four loss, 126-125, that the Kings were still going to uh, probably pull this out. I felt they were going to hold serve and win game five. Obviously, Warriors potentially win game six at home. And then it's all bets are off, as we all know, in game seven. Anything can happen in a game seven on the road at home. Uh, I think the biggest key to the Kings being losing the past two games has been the complete ineffectiveness of Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, if you watched him all year long, you know this was a steady, you know, twenty-two, twenty-three, and ten guy, incredibly reliable from the fifteen-foot jumper, and he seems completely flabbergasted or bottled up by Looney. I mean, we got to get, you know, Kevon Looney has to get a lot of credit, and look, he's been a longtime uh, Warrior, and I think he was on the Warriors then left and then came back. So I think this might be his second stint. Uh, I just, I'm incredibly impressed with his, obviously his height, his malleability, his agility to keep up with Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis is a real player. And this year, you probably would say he's a top 15 player, top 20. Yeah, he's top 15. Top 20. 15, 20 yeah, this he, season. He was an all-star. So I, I just, you know, I think this series would be super interesting if Sabonis was able to produce, you know, near the numbers he did in the regular season. I think Curry has been Curry. Uh, he continues to amaze with everything that he's able to do, uh, irrespective of him calling a timeout when they had no more timeouts left. No, that was bad. <laughs> Which certainly, you know, felt very Weber-esque, and considering they were playing the Kings, even more Weber-esque. It would have been better if uh, they didn't fire uh, Chris Weber, and he was still uh, doing that game. And the camera just, you know, panned to him right away and be like, so Chris, tell us how you feel. Chris would be like, yes, there's someone else in my... In my uh Chris is like, it took 20 years, but I'm finally no longer the last guy to do it. Right, exactly. He's like, oh, yes, an NBA (laughs) superstar did it. Awesome. All right. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I'm really impressed with Clay Thompson's play. Not just, not really offensively, but more defensively. His speed is almost at full, I would say, full capacity. He's back. He's really back. Offensively, his shooting is, you know, has has, took a little while, but he's there. But defensively, he was such a good two-way player. And now you're seeing his two-way ability. Now, look, I don't, what happens next? Do I think the Warriors are going to win this series now if De'Aaron Fox is not 100%? Yes, I, I do. That's my, that's my a full-on prediction. If De'Aaron Fox was 100%, do I think the Warriors win this series? No. I think the Kings would have pulled it out in seven. I think it would have been really close, but I think the Kings might have pulled this out in seven and caused all hell to break loose in the NBA. I think it would have gone seven. I think the Warriors would have pulled it out. I mean, look, it's still, it still may go, and who knows? I just think the experience of Steph and Clay and all them and, and Draymond and, and Draymond in a game like that is you know Andrew Wiggins has played in the NBA Finals and was an MVP. Those games tend to go to the more experienced teams. However, 
you know, Sacramento, you know, I'll, I'll admit I haven't seen them play much this year and, you know, I've read enough about them and I know that they're good. And you, you know, you look at the standings, you're like, how the hell Sacramento, like top four in the West. Right. But I'm like beyond impressed by De'Aaron Fox. I can't believe how good he is. He's he's legitimately like like it, like an NBA superstar. Just, just you know, a year ago, before the Sabonis trade, okay, people were referring to De'Aaron Fox as a potential massive bust. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's he, he he's making up for any inexperience by just playing incredibly well. I mean, he is like one of the clutch like top clutch performers in the NBA up for that award. So he's done it all season long. But even like random players like Malik Monk and some of these other players just stepping up, it's like I think they're really well coached. I think this is a pretty good matchup for them because Mike Brown knows the system to a degree. And I think he's done a great job with this team. They have a lot of talent. And, you know, it's it's made for a really awesome first-round series. Um, But, again, you know, Steph Curry is just beyond. I mean, I – you know, when you think you haven't seen it all, you, he continues to show you things. Like the, uh, there was at one point in one of the games where he stopped shooting threes and literally like just drove to the hoop and just kept making insane layups. Like it, it was unbelievable. Like he, he's now like one of the best finishers in the NBA around the room. The best thing about the ultimate guys, mm-hmm. LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, Duncan, now and obviously Curry, you can be watching a game completely they're out of it they, the shot's not going down they're starting to do the other things right mm-hmm. they clean the glass a little bit mm-hmm. make some great passes they lock down on defense the moment though that the wave comes that they the shot starts to go in it is incredible to see how downhill the game becomes for them i mean my god lebron last night against memphis Curry, when he's getting hot in the fourth quarter of games when he's shot like you know four for 14 and then all of a sudden he hits five for seven these guys just have the ability to go through that wall and get to the other side by saying, at some point, I'm going to change and impact this game, and it's likely going to be with the little things, and then when my shot starts going down, then God help the other team. Yeah, I mean, you don't become one of the top, I mean, LeBron's probably two, Steph's in the top ten. You don't become that without the absolute utmost confidence in your ability and your ability at all times, your confidence at all times, no matter what's happening, you, you can't be there without that, right? So they have that, um, and that's why, you know, against any inexperience, they just, they'll just crush them, right? Like, they, they'll t- they know the moments, they've seen enough that they just know how to do it, even if they're, you know, shorthanded. They, they know how to make up for, you know, a couple players not being as efficient as the other team. Yeah, the, the other player that's really hurting the Kings, and it's so funny, you know, you say hurting the Kings, it's 2-2, and, you know, some, three of these four games could have gone either way, is Kevin Huter is 3-for-21 from three-point range. Yep. I mean, he is absolutely just ice cold. And so, look, I mean, it happens. You know, there's players on the Warriors that are not, you know, producing the way that they normally would either. Uh, Gary Payton, uh, you know, a few of the other guys. You know, Wiggins, you know, has had a couple of good games, one sort of quiet game. It, it does happen. But uh, when, when one of your starters, one of your key guys, is going three for 21 from three, combined with the other guy who's, a, who's an all-star and Sabonis can't hit the ocean, it's, it's, it becomes a problem. But I do think that the speed and athleticism of Sacramento has been a real test for the Warriors. For sure. Uh, but I, like, I think to your point, in a good way, though, if the Warriors can get through the Kings, stay healthy, this has been a huge 
you know, ring that bell. Do you, you know, we know what we need to do to get to the finals now. Uh, I think it's actually, it, it'd be a great test for them. And if the Kings happen to win, it's a franchise-changing uh, series victory. For sure. And it's been a great series. I, I mean, this one's been tight, and I love it. The, okay, so the, but that, that series 2-2, we got three games left. It, it should be amazing. Wh- which game do you think next? You want I mean, to look, which I think, series? I don't think we need to talk much about the Hawks and the Celtics. Yeah. It's playing out as is. Uh, DeJounte Murray getting suspended for game five, mm-hmm. as expected. If you saw what he did, you obviously can't do that with a referee. I think the Celtics close this out. The spread tonight, I think, is 13. Right. I think it's not much of a game. Right. Celtics are better. And Denver? Denver Denver's Minnes- going as expected, I think. Listen, I actually think Minnesota, like we thought, and like you thought, you know, has definitely put up a fight in a couple of these games. They've gone on runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Edwards has had a couple tr- tremendous games. He really has. Could the series be 2-2 instead of 3-1? Three, three, yeah, it could. It really could. Do I think Denver probably closes out tonight? I'd say the chances are very high that they do. Yeah, I've underestimated. I mean, I was, Jokic and Jamal Murray, I mean, Jokic alone is incredible, right? So Jokic clearly carries that team. He's everything to them, the whole thing. Jamal Murray is more important than I think most people realized. And then I think the other players are, are contributing more than I might have realized and, and will contribute more than I may have not given him credit for earlier. Well, J- Jamal Murray is also, he, he's essential to close the game, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's the, and I joke around Jamal Murray, Jalen Brunson, like uh, you, you want that general, that floor general, to be able to close out a game in the playoffs. The regular season, of course, too, but when you get to the playoffs, if you don't have a guy who can direct the team on the court, it's amazing how important it is for these teams. And so that's why, honestly, I think the Knicks have taken such a leap with an actual, you know, it's the first time they've had a point guard since, you know, some might say Mark Jackson. You could say Chauncey Billups, but it just, you know, that was like a season and a half. Right. Uh, But I think, to your point, Jamal Murray, Jogic, Michael Porter Jr., these guys are, have decided that they're going to win this series, and, and they're better than the Timberwolves. You know? So I think that they should win tonight. They're, they're absolutely better. Why don't we touch on your Sixers and your opinion on how that, uh, that four-game series went and what your takeaways were? I mean, look, they, they, they took care of business the way that they should. I'll give them full credit for that. Um, I, I'm really impressed by Brooklyn and Mikael Bridges. I, I think he's like... I think I mentioned this to you. I think he's like this year's up and coming, you know, possibly like this year's, this year's last year's Brunson. I like it. I think this year he's going to, I think next year he's going to come into his own to be, you know, a fringe all-star. Um, but he, he was, he was really impressive to see um, how he, how he reacted on in, in a big stage as the leader. But yeah, the Sixers, you know, Embiid dominated, you know, I'm a little concerned he's, he's a little banged up, which is, you know, obvious that that's always going to happen i think harden is playing a role that's not forcing the ball i think he's making some smart decisions tyrese maxi i think they're all playing kind of the way that they're supposed to i just always feel like there's something missing here like they're they're still missing something to compete with the bostons the milwaukee's right i mean milwaukee may not be there but still to compete with some of these teams to get over the hump to the NBA Finals. Listen, I tip my hat like you did. You know, you swept the series, did what you were supposed to do. Um, I'm not a huge Doc Rivers fan as a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a huge James Harden fan as a player. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, now officially, you know, the Sixers have, you know, gone over three with me. Uh, I don't love Embiid. I don't love watching him. 
I don't love watching the exaggeration on the fouls. I don't love the way he falls down like two, three, four times a game for I'm not sure what reason. And I'm just, you know, look, I, do I think he deserves the MVP? Yeah, I probably do. It's close, but I think he does. But I'm just, you know, I predicted the Sixers to go to the finals from the East. And, you know, if Milwaukee does lose, I guess that prediction gets a little bit interesting. Uh, we'll see how the Sixers fare in the second round against, which I believe would be the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be a very interesting series uh, on a lot of levels. And um, it'll be an enjoyable one. You know, we'll, right. we'll see what happens. Well, if Milwaukee wins, then... Correct. Right. Then it changes. Right. But, but at the way it's looking right now. At, the, at this moment, it, it would be Heat, it would be Heat uh, Knicks, and it would be uh, Sixers-Celtics. Which would be a good series. Yeah. I, th- I think it would be a really fun series. I think the Celtics are better, but I think it would be a good series. Uh, I don't like either coach, so <laughs> so that offsets themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's looking the way it should. And yeah, I look, I'm excited for the Sixers. I I, lo- I do love the Sixers. I just I I just always feel like there's just something missing in the process. Like I told you, has uh, made me really pissed at the Sixers for a long time. If you look back at everything that we gave up and missed to do this, um, but yeah, look, at least we're contenders. I I'll feel. I'll feel better if they can play well in the next round. Um, I, I, we talked about the Knicks, but I do want to hear, I think all of our listeners, as a follow-up from last pod, want to know how you and nephew Bren feel about the Knicks right now. What's happening during these games? I mean, we're, we're ecstatic. Uh, you know, my favorite player, the moment they traded for him, Josh Hart. I have his jersey. My son got uh, Brunson's jersey in early March. I, what can you say about the chemistry between two champions from college? Right. It means a lot. And I think you see it. You see it on the court, and you actually see it at the press conferences after the game. These guys just love each other. And if you, if you notice this, they both play so hard mm-hmm. and care so much that it's really refreshing to see that. Like the, you just the will and desire to win so badly that you'll do whatever it takes. You'll dive for that ball. You'll go up for that rebound. You'll you'll get you'll make contact. You'll hit your foul shots when you need to. I mean, we're just incredibly you know pleased with the way that everything's gone. I'll say that on the podcast that we did the playoff preview, I had mentioned you know the combination of Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson. I mean, those two are severely outplaying Mobley and Jared Allen. I mean, I don't know Jared Allen. I mean, I always liked him on the Nets. The joke always was that he's a little bit soft. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's glaringly apparent right now. Yeah, I mean everything you said. Absolutely, we we knew the heart of uh, certain key players on this team. Look, T- Thibodeau, you know, give him give him some credit for. I think he's evolved a little bit and becoming agree agree a little bit more likable by his team. I th- do you credit Derrick Rose a little bit for that too? Probably. I mean, you know, he Probably. brings Derrick Rose in. Derrick Rose has a resurgence two years ago. Mm-hmm. Has an injury last year. Stays. The Knicks don't trade him. I mean, Derrick Rose would have been a phenomenal backup point guard on any number of these contenders. And they hold on to him, and apparently he loves being in the locker room. I, I won't call him our, you know, the Knicks, you know, Udonis Haslam, but he's definitely having a really positive impact on Brunson. Uh, I think he's having a positive impact on Randall with the just understanding of what his role is at this moment until he's 100%. And so I think to your point... Thibodeau has absolutely evolved enough to the point where he's playing Obi more these playoffs. He was leaning into Grimes before Grimes got tweaked again with a shoulder. So, uh, look, will, will I be overjoyed 
win the Knicks, beat the uh, Cavaliers? Yeah, I will be. And not just because we didn't trade half the team in six picks for Donovan Mitchell. Right. But which I did not want to do. I did not want to do. But I did want Donovan Mitchell. I just didn't want to give up, you know, Obi, Grimes, RJ, and five first-round picks. I could make the argument that I would take Brunson straight up over Donovan Mitchell. Well, I, mean, you know, I think I could make that argument. I think I, think I just started to tear. No right. one can see it, but yeah. Right. I think I can make that, that argument in a pretty salient way. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Look, Mitchell put, has more flash. He puts up more points, whatever. But there, you're seeing the difference in a player who's, who's willing to just, you know, have the utmost confidence, play within the system, doesn't force stuff. He, he's, he's just a great leader. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So, should we just la- should we just round this whole thing up on Lakers Grizzlies? Yeah, that series is awesome. I mean, so I look. I, I mean, if people who are listening, I, I know you know that you know Lonnie is a staunch advocate for LeBron James. I am not not an advocate. I just you know I have my issues with him, but I will tell you, it is a marvel <laughs> to watch him do a twenty and twenty game last night. And yes, that's right. That's twenty points and twenty rebounds. And I believe he took two or three charges. Yep. I mean, this guy put up a Kevin Willis-type game in the playoffs. For those of you who remember Kevin Willis on the Atlanta Hawks, the guy always got like 17, 19, 22 rebounds. It's just, it's incredible. I think he, he just, he saves what he can in the tank and then unleashes it. Uh, the shot wasn't like unbelievable last night, but he scored just enough when it counted most. And... I think the Lakers, with a 3-1 lead, have a stranglehold on the series. I don't think there's any chance in the world they're going to you know, reel off three straight victories. And you're going to see your Lakers in the second round. Which is, which is amazing. I, I, I'm not surprised. I, I did actually think this, is, this would happen. Um, I mean, but the, LeBron and AD are playing well, right? They're definitely playing well. But the, the supporting cast has been incredible. I mean, I mean, between Reeves, yeah. I mean, Hachimura. I must have said Hachimura's <laughs> name like 100 times in my house. It's a great name, it's by my, the way. It's my new Wi-Fi password. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's like ridiculous. The two of them, Austin, and even D'Angelo Russell's like, wow. More than well enough. Uh, AD had a really bad game last night. Yeah, he did. And the fact that they grinded out that victory is, it's a, it's a testament to the leadership. It's a testament to the Reeves and the Vanderbilts and the Hachimuras and... You know, look, I mean, Rob Palinka. I know there's a lot of people who would love to, you know, potentially dump on him for a few of the moves he's made, but he was a magician at the deadline. I mean, he brought in like three or four guys who are all playing like real roles. They're playing real roles, and they really weren't playing real roles other places. (laughs) No, no. Right, it's amazing. That's an understatement. I give him credit for that. And they look, they fit into the system of what they're trying to do. They play well with LeBron. It, what's amazing is they're all kind of playing for LeBron in a way. It's like it's actually incredible, and LeBron's stepping up when he's supposed to. He is being very strategic in conserving his energy at different points, letting the game come to him, and he's done a masterful job uh, so far in the playoffs right now. A little caveat: obviously, John Morant was out for a game and a half, which matters, and John Morant's incredible. I mean. Watching, he's had 45 the other night. He's still, like, really amazing. And, and, De- and by the way, so John Morant's incredible. Desmond Bain was incredible last night with 36. Right. Uh, you know, they have, you know, Brandon Clark is injured. Uh, like, they, have, they have real injuries. 
Uh, so obviously you're not getting the full 100% Memphis Grizzlies, which look, it's a shame. You know, you love to see these young teams be at 100% and go out, you know, the right way. But, uh, you know, tip your hat to the Laker organization and LeBron for leading this team of pretty young guys right now. I mean, Reeves and Hachimura and Russell. And I know Russell feels, you know, older than he is, but I think he's 30, you know, 31. I mean, he's doing, LeBron's doing everything he needs to do and they'll make it to the second round. It'll be really interesting what happens. Yeah, AD is clearly the piece there that, look, you just feel like on literally every step he takes, it could be his last for the season. It's like he, I mean, they had that one issue with his arm. They thought he was done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it comes down to the same thing. It's always injuries, right? But there's certain guys who are just, you just feel like are going to get hurt always. Oh. And it's Embiid and AD. 100%. They don't get hurt. It, it, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 it's definitely, it's an automatic that you think they're going to get hurt. And if they didn't, the two of them, their skill sets are just remarkable. The shooting, the low post moves, the rebounding, it's, it's amazing what those two players can do. I do believe Embiid would be a much better all-around player if he had a different coach. I think his two coaches that he's had to date are not the two coaches to bring the best out of him, but you know that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right, so we have, we've, we've covered generally each series the best we could. We, we, we like needed to do this today. Cathartic. It was, this was like a cathartic moment for us because I don't know about you guys out there that are watching these games, whether it's the 8 o'clock, the 10 o'clock games, but they're exhausting. I mean, game four of the Kings Warriors was the most viewed, I think, game four in like 15, 20 years. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the NBA must be thrilled. The parody is amazing. You really feel like anyone has a chance now, anyone in the in this uh, that's left, right? Except for except for Minnesota, they don't have a chance. <laughs> um, outside of them, everyone's got a chance. But you know, really, everyone should just enjoy what we have right now and have fun with it. And we wanted to come on right now and just you know give us give you like quick thoughts we didn't even prepare any of this we just wanted to give you our thoughts on what's happening and you can enjoy even more of it on the dudes of davy podcast so please when you listen to it please follow us and subscribe uh, our our podcast before this was the playoff preview uh, with nephew brennan uh, check it out if you haven't heard of it, if you haven't listened to it yet and we look forward to uh, you know hearing from you guys on twitter or via gmail real soon yep there's some great content there well we'll we'll talk to you soon and enjoy the nba playoffs Bye-bye.